Welcome to another episode of Create or Die. This is your host, Ike Allred. Today, my friends, is a good day. We've hit episode number 10, double digits. That's right. Today is a day for celebration. And, and to celebrate, we've got a good one for you. Today, we dig into the wonderful world of video. That's right, motion pictures. From film to digital camcorders to cinema mode cameras in your pockets in the form of a smartphone? Come on. Gone are the days of prohibitively expensive camera equipment, avid bays, and super beefy computers that are out of reach to the average prosumer. Today, the average laptop, tablet, or even your smartphone can handle the majority of your editing needs. I'm excited to welcome my friend and colleague who comes to us with over a decade of experience working in video from Disney sitcoms, music videos, and short films to in-house production of commercial spots, documentaries, and viral social videos. Dan Erbus has done it all. Join me as I get the definitive scoop on Dan's origin story and get straight up nerdy <laughs> as we talk about the ins and outs of the video production process. From pre-production to post. Everybody's favorite, right? We can fix it in post. It'll only take forever <laughs> but an added bonus is that my boy Dan he shares a list of his go-to tools slash software some I hadn't even heard of so let's get to it well awesome Dan it's been a long time uh, that I've been wanting to get you on the podcast you're here for the number 10 episode number 10 so that's something double digits <laughs> nice yeah i'm excited thanks for having me man appreciate it yeah no excited to get someone on here with your skill set and um dig in a little bit more on that and um it's crazy we've known each other for nearly five years now and i've learned a lot from you and and enjoyed uh working with you for the majority of that time period and um just curious you know how you got into this video thing in the first place did you know from a young age like hey i want to make movies or no yeah no great question um but yeah just kind of really quick yeah i've known you for a few years now we work great together um we've been able to do a lot of fun fun projects so that's always been exciting so as far as how i got into this i don't know man i think my origin story kind of just goes back a little bit at high school you know in high school um, me and my friends, we used to, I used to wrestle in high school. Yeah. And as part of that, we, I had this, you know, this, this idea of just having fun with my friends. So we would do backyard wrestling. <laughs> so with me and my, uh, my buddies from high school and I had my dad's old camera recorder. So we would, um, backyard wrestling <laughs> so similar well, uh, to like the wwe style of wrestling throwing yeah hit people yeah, that, chairs and <laughs> yeah we we would we would watch wrestling and we get into these characters and you know it was just fun and 
I think one of our friends got hurt and kind of that stopped, but we would hit each other with chairs and, and try to mimic as close to safety, uh, but as close to the moves that you would see on, on some of these, uh, um, you know, events. So that that's kind of where it got started. And I had fun doing that. And, and then after that, um, I came back from serving my, uh, my LDS mission. Um, if you're not familiar um, most people in Utah are familiar, but for those who aren't in Utah, if you're LDS, you have the opportunity to serve a mission, and I did, and came back from there, and and was going to school in uh, at Utah Valley University, and was trying to figure out what do I need to do, uh, what should I do, and I was leaning really hard and studying law and getting what I need there to move on to a different college and, and figure wow. out law, but uh, yeah, man, it just didn't sit well with me. It was just <laughs> I can't. I just cannot, I couldn't handle like from what I was learning and seeing, I was like, man, I'm going to regret this 10 years yeah. down the line if I, if I continue this. So I decided to go into a more creative field and, and kind of look back at what I enjoy doing. And from a little bit of a self-reflection and investigating of who I am and what I want to do, I, I came down to wanting to be creative in the video field. So, and that was kind of my origin story. Uh, and then from there, I, uh, I started studying that at the Utah Valley University, enrolled in the digital media program with the emphasis in film, and started learning left and right, everything I could from there. Um, during my uh, years going to UVU, I had some obstacles that uh, almost halted me from continuing my education. One of those was, um, at that time, I'm, I'm originally from Bolivia, South America, yeah. And uh, I was born there and I came here when I was very young. But at that time, I wasn't fully a citizen yet. Mm. I graduated high school here in Utah, but uh, they were charging me non-resident tuition at Utah Valley University, oh. even though I graduated high school. So that was one of, my, one of my biggest obstacles because you can imagine the price difference, right, from non-resident to resident. Sure. And that's kind of where I had to make some big decisions and decided to, you know, a little bit go in debt to continue pursuing this passion. Um, and then from there was able to um, uh, finally get a scholarship and being able to figure that out. Otherwise, most people would have given up and not continue the education. Yeah. I don't know where I would be if I, if I didn't, if it didn't come to that point of being like, okay, I know school's going to help me. I want to do this. I got to bite the bullet as much as it hurts just mm -hmm. so I can continue my education. So that was my biggest obstacle for, for that. And, and a little bit after that, I was able to um, get a student uh, working position at BYU Broadcasting, even right. though even though I went to school at Utah Valley University, mm -hmm. I got hired at BYU uh, Broadcasting in, in their international channel, and I started just diving into editing their shows. Since I learned, since I know Spanish and understand Portuguese as well, mm -hmm. I started editing things in English, Spanish, and Portuguese. Their shows. Mm -hmm. And then, and that kind of just kind of sparked had uh, uh, the my initial career into that. I, I did that a number of years with BYU Broadcasting. Even after graduation, I worked with them for a little bit. And then after that, uh, I I kind of uh, I got hired at a marketing agency kind of uh, called Lime Marketing. I don't know if yeah. you ever heard of it, but it was pretty big back in 2010. Uh, the owner was uh, Dog the Bounty Hunters. Uh, 
<laughs> son or illegitimate son. But, uh, <laughs> uh, it was a good company. It, uh-huh. And then, unfortunately, it got run down due to some bad choices. But uh, end up working in in, uh, in other uh, careers related to my field. So that was kind of my origin story. And from there, uh, yeah, I, I met you at MX. Yeah. And, uh, and shortly, uh, a few months ago, left MX, right? And now I'm working at a different place. So. Yeah, no, that's awesome. It's it's cool to hear um, that story. Uh, you know, I've heard pieces of it. I didn't know uh, that you had those hurdles to get over with school, and and that you pushed through it and are the better for it. I'm sure. Uh, and, and you know, this may be a little off course, but I know you spent a little bit of time in uh, the Bay Area, Silicon Valley. Did that relate to video at all, or or no, so yeah, that's a good question because right after I came back from serving my LDS mission, my brothers live in the Bay Area. They live in uh, Palo Alto, and uh, and I I ended up moving to Palo Alto for about two years. Um, and when I moved there, video wasn't a vid, me pursuing video wasn't a choice yet. Yeah. I moved there just to see because they had success down there. They're doing great, and I was like, okay, well, I got to go down there. Um, and uh, and I went down there with a tech mind, with a with a mind of like being an entrepreneur. And 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 I, even though I still have that spirit, mm-hmm. I was able to with my buddy to create a, a startup. Well, it was called Dirigo, um, yeah. with my friend John. And what it means, and I believe in Italian, it means I direct. Okay. And what the idea was to. Um, to get GPS, uh, like your garments and stuff like that, to be able to add uh, coupon-related type information or data into your GPS systems, so you know, oh, I need, I want to go eat something. Here's a coupon for this place close by. And this was way back, you know, the i way back before the iPhone and yeah. the apps or even Groupon. And uh, we pitched it to a few investors at that time, and you know, they were going to give us a hundred grand to be able to kind of get this going, and yeah. that. Uh, that ended up going down downhill uh, just because it didn't follow through and it kind of, you know, living in Palo Alto is expensive. Oh, yeah. And, um, and I, I, I started working at uh, EA electronics as a video game tester in awesome. Redwood city for, for like a year, you know, <laughs> they make they make that job seem really fun, but it's not, it's, no, it's, it's really, uh, it's really, hiring when you just play one game for a whole six months and have to write all this information about it. I don't know how things are now and then, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, after that, I ended up moving back to Utah um, due to some other family things. I ended up, you know, helping my mom out and she, right. she was getting over an accident. And so I started just taking care of her and I uh, ended up going to school. And that's when the choice to create video and be a video creative started. So, yeah. I do. I must say, I do enjoy envisioning you as a lawyer, maybe in the courtroom, intimidating the jury <laughs> to, <laughs> to decide with with your client or something. But that's awesome. No, and and uh, that entrepreneurial spirit of yours didn't die there. You, uh, I know, at some point in in this mix, had, had started Airbus Films on the side, your your personal company, and you want to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, so I don't know, man. I don't know if you're like this. I, I might be the only one like this, but I always have something, you know, 
turning them in my head and annoys oh, my wife it. because I, I get ideas <laughs> not just about creating video content or good ideas, uh, but about just like little side hustles that I've been doing. And yeah. um, so as far as Airbus Films, you know, it's spelled Airbus, like the company Airbus, but I just put films. And the reason I called it Airbus Films is my last name is Airbus. Yeah. Not a lot of people can say my last name because it's spelled H-E-R-B-A-S. Yeah. Um, they say Herbis or they make fun of it sometimes. <laughs> I can go into so many stories. but right. So, and I've been doing uh, freelance here and there between, you know, my full-time gigs or not. Not as much now since I got a new job, but uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun because there's a lot of fun projects that come from there. So No, but I appreciate that. And, and uh, inadvertently, you've introduced me to little side hustle ideas, uh, like with regards to t-shirts and having those uh, direct to consumer scent, uh, something that, you know, I've started to do as part of this creator die brand. And so, yeah, I've always appreciated that about you. So you're saying I inspired you into that part of it. Definitely. definitely. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's good. That's good to hear. I did something <laughs> positive. <laughs> <laughs> so many things I'm sure, I'm sure we'll come up with a couple of others uh, that, as we go through this interview. But uh, so, yeah, so you made the switch from, uh, Airbus attorney at law to uh, the video build and creative build. Uh, do you have a, a favorite part of the video production process? Yeah, man. Um, I love everything about video, but there's definitely specific things that uh, I, I gravitate towards too than others. And some of that is just the production, the actual production day, like the day where you're actually either shooting something, something you've been planning for weeks, months, and and getting to the day where you have this limited time to be creative and shoot and, and use the equipment and make sure you get it done. Yeah. I would say it's a toss-up for me between that and post-production because in post-production, you just put it together, right? You're you're a cre creative in a different way. You're it's uh, sometimes I think of myself as this kind of mad scientist putting all these formulas, mixing them together to yeah. see what works. And, uh, and that's how it is for me for post-production is mixing all the video and music and sound effects and making a story out of it or making it a compelling video for whatever it is you're working on. So it's, uh, it's a toss-up for me for production, post-production. Yeah. Um, so I find uh, a lot of... Uh, um, entertainment and uh, a lot of creativity in both. Um, now, I don't want to leave pre-production alone because that's also a very, very important part of the project because if it, without that, uh, nothing can go through the way you want it to, right? Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's still a necessity and I just I just definitely find production, actually the day of shooting, the day of creating yeah. and the, the putting it together that I find more, more enjoyable. Yeah, no, that makes sense and, and you have to pick an order there and uh, it sounds like uh pre-production's a, a a close third there uh and i and i agree it is I, I can see how the day of shooting can be a lot of fun especially someone with sports background like yourself it's kind of like this is this is game day we've you know we're here right things are gonna happen live we've got to learn how to deal with it um and uh and and you have a, a great presence, and, and I've watched you on, on several of these shoots where you've been able to um, talk to people, direct them. You know, at our previous place where we worked together, MX. You know, dealing with executives or people um, that are, you know, 
almost celebrities in their in their own right in, in that industry. Uh, is that something that's always just kind of come natural for you, or is that a skill you've had to work on? Um, I think in, in the beginning, it's always a skill you got to work on, and and hopefully become something more natural because that's what you're pursuing. I remember the first time I I did something like that where I was. Um, I was asked to be part of a of a short film where there was real money going into it, yeah. and they asked me to be the first assistant director. You know, I'd never done anything like that at this point, so this was my big step into um, into helping with this big project. So I I took what I knew, I took the advice from others, and I just bumped up the notch a few notches more yeah. here and there, and just became um, uh, more. Uh, passionate about about this and and uh, there was a some points where people were like oh man you're kind of intense I'm like yeah sorry if I am I'm, I'm trying to make sure I don't fail at this role so I'm making sure as a first first AD or uh, first assistant director you want to make sure things are flown you're calling out making people are on time or that uh, you're not doing something I mean you're also part of safety yeah. Um, I remember one time in this specific shoot that uh, we're putting a, a camera on a crane and we had it all set up, ready to go for the shoot. We did the shoot. We got the shots. And now the team in charge of putting it away was taken off. And, they're in, and, they, and they did it wrong. They took the oh. camera off before taking the weight. Uh -huh. And if I would have been there, I would have called it out. But what ended up happening, they got the camera out. But then what the, the jib or crane did is a smaller, you know, 10-foot jib ended up doing a flip because of the other weight and ended up crashing hard to the ground. Oh, wow. uh, if somebody would have been standing there, <laughs> that person would have been hurt, seriously. Yeah. So yes. when that happened, I kind of just, you know, had to bump up the volume and make sure I go over safety and go over um, things that needed to be done so it doesn't happen again. So you have to do it in a way that you're respectful, but at the same time, they know you're serious and then you know... Yeah things like this can't happen in sets like this because an accident like that and a small shoot like this would have ended um, the, the production, production. Yeah. right? So um, things like that, that you have to be aware of. And, and throughout my experience and things like this, uh, of doing things like this in different shoots, I've been able to, you know, dial it in and be able to uh, um, polish the way I do things. And, and, and all this, every, every shoot you do is a good opportunity to learn and a good opportunity to get more experience. Oh. Yeah, no, I like that. And I, something you might not think about, you know, hey, we're just filming this small little shoot. Uh, what could go wrong as far as from a safety standpoint? But that's, that's cool. I mean, it, yeah, it's cool to hear how you've had to learn all of that. Um, so back to uh, your second favorite part of the video production process, the, the editing, the post-production. I'm curious, and I, and I would imagine our listeners will be curious to kind of know, you know, how uh, how do you start? You've got that blank timeline. You've got all of this footage. Um, what is your process? Do you start blocking things out, throwing things in there? You carefully go through all of your footage, or have you put some of that together in your mind? What, what what's your process? No, for sure. I think it starts that process starts a little bit more also during the production. Just because of the way your workflow is with the cameras and the way your workflow uh, workflow goes uh, helps your process in post production. Uh, for me, is if you know, once we get all the footage, uh, I'm pretty hardcore into making sure my file 
my folder system is on par and it's mm. and I've been able to set up a good system for myself for my shoots that I know where things are I know how things flow um and and as long as all that is uh, is set I know where footage for which cameras camera A camera B sound um mm. is set in their appropriate folders I'm able to comfortably go in and start being creative and edit right based on on if there's a script or not So once that's set, I move on to okay, put the gloves on, right? <laughs> Let's put the music on. Let's make yeah. sure we put a sign at the door that says "Do not bother me." I'm <laughs> I'm editing. Yeah. Um but all all that obviously symbol symbolic, but uh and then I just try to concentrate as much as I can to be able to follow what we're doing. If it's a short film, there's got to be a script, right? There's got to be takes. Um, and if everything was shot properly and sometimes it isn't, sometimes you just got to go with the flow and take a little more time to organize your footage, organize your assets and go from there. But when all that's done, you know, there's a different flow of things, uh, per each video that you work on, right? If it's a short film, you got to go through the takes, you got to go through, um, uh, work, what are called the dailies, or if it's just like a one day short film, you know? making sure everything is organized um if it's like a a uh like a commercial yeah. uh different flow right things will be a lot less chaotic so uh you'll be able to find things a lot quicker and be able to get through a net a lot sooner as well so yeah i think every type of video has its own way to be able to work with um but the structure and the flow is pretty similar and that depends on how how your workflow is from recording to um uh to saving and also how your file structure is set. Yeah. No, oh, that's helpful. That's awesome. And uh and I imagine, you know, there there are some similarities in other people's workflows, but there's also, you know, preference or everybody's got their their different uh method and and depending on where you're working and and with a team, I'm sure there's different things that you do like file structure and naming and tools that you're using to ensure that the y'all can work together um what uh what are your go-to tools for for post production yeah for sure there's uh there's a good amount of tools i like to use um i know there's always that conversation of your final final cut editors your premiere editors now your davinci editors Um and I started with Final Cut, loved it, but uh ever since, you know, they came up with Final Cut 10, I kind of dropped it and switched yeah. to Premiere and kind of been using Adobe Premiere for a long time now. Um uh, and that's my main editing software that I use is Adobe Premiere. Uh and I like Adobe Premiere just because of the way it works with all the other applications that it has yeah. that you have to use in in this industry like After Effects, Audition, mm-hmm. Photoshop, Adobe Illustrator, et cetera. So, um, so I've been using Adobe Premiere for editing, obviously After Effects for any motion graphics. Um, but the other tools outside of that for post-production that you might have uh, not heard as much is I recently came across in the last few months for a tool called Descript. Um, and what that is, it's actually a really sweet tool. I wish I would have had it during a lot of the shoots I've done in the past, yeah. especially when there's a lot of talking. What in normal editing, you look at the footage, and you edit it that way. What this does, it actually transcribes automatically everything that's said 
and you edit it based on the words. So you're seeing the words and you're saying, okay, this paragraph was said great, but this, this one sucked. Let's highlight those words, delete them, and then automatically cuts the video based on the words that you're using on the words that you're editing. So it's a really, it's a really neat tool, a lot, a lot faster to use. Uh, when it comes to editing, especially things that have a, a lot of words in them, uh, documentaries, you know, talking head videos, and you can edit it based on the words and then figure out how the video will look later. Right. Yeah. So that's one neat tool that I started to use. Uh, other tools that deals in post-production, um, uh, Frame.io has been a very strong tool as well yeah. when delivering to clients, when delivering to colleagues so they can make their comments and, and you know exactly where and where you're able to, um, uh, uh, make the changes needed. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, another tools that I love to use that may may not be necessarily post production, but is um, pre production in a way. It makes things a lot easier for me. Yeah, uh, I love this tool called Celtex, where uh, uh, within that tool, you know, you have your whole writing uh, options that you can do your scripts, your different type of scripts, but also there's a, a really powerful tool within that call uh, that you do your budgeting you're able to budget based on the uh, on the personnel that you need based on what what else needs to go into the budget so you're able to create a good strong budget off the cuff and that's one of the tools i used a lot for a lot of the shoots we did uh, previously at our old job mx so yeah. um yeah those are the tools that come to mind i'm sure there's a lot more that i use um but yeah, <laughs> that's what I no. got so far. No, that's awesome and uh, super insightful. I'm sure uh, for me as someone who dabbles in, in that kind of stuff, but is definitely not an expert. And then our, our listeners who may be wanting to get into this field. And speaking of that, you know, let's say there was uh, somebody who's just coming out of high school or, or um, maybe switching careers and, and they're, they've decided their passion is video production in one form or the other. Uh, do you have any anything you you would tell them to pursue or, or things that maybe you wish you knew about when you got started? Um, yeah, there, there's definitely a few things. Um, I guess we could kind of just start out to the beginning. You know, when someone goes into video, I don't think they go into the mind of saying, okay, I'm going to go into video so I can work for a tech company or I can work <laughs> for a a big corporation and make their their videos right they go into yeah. video because of everything that we all love and what is that filmmaking movies right yeah music so yeah, music videos yeah. uh, or very creative creative type of ad type of videos so i think when you're starting out um you kind of gotta figure out and decide okay if i want to go into movies for example in films i gotta make sure i go you know I don't want to say balls deep. What's the other word? <laughs> I want to go, uh, you know, uh, what's, what's a good term there, Ike? Right, that's a good question. Um, uh, hold on, you know, both yeah. feet in the water type of thing. You want to go on full, uh, put your full force behind what you're wanting to do. So if it's filmmaking, uh, what I would suggest is like, you know, um, network with people who are making short films, especially here in Utah. You have the Utah Film Commission, there's people posting jobs of production assistants or very, you know, good startup type of jobs uh, that I'm, some pay, some may not, but it's it's what the experience is, what's the value there. Mm -hmm. um, 
for you to be able to get going as well as, you know, if you it, back when I started it, going to school was a good route because that's uh, where you learned a lot. I think yeah. it's changed a little bit today, right? Yeah. So going to school for this, maybe not be the same as it was back then. I mean, there's mm -hmm. probably other options where you can just kind of go to get the experience needed and kind of start that way. Um, so for going back to filmmaking, Utah Film Commission, uh, network with people. Mm -hmm. uh, don't be afraid to network. I'm kind of an introvert, so it's harder for me to talk to people and make friends. Yeah. Uh, and and it, but uh, you know, you got to get over that hurdle and get to know people. Um, there's also great uh, Facebook groups within each state, especially in Utah. There's a pretty strong Facebook group called Utah Filmmakers where people are posting all the stuff they're doing, where they need help, where they can pay, what, what position they need or what roles they're looking for. And, uh, and, and if you're a student and you don't have a family and you don't have other big commitments, you can really put a lot of effort into those things to be able to just do that continually. And by doing that, uh, you'll get the experience, you'll get the, you'll grow and you'll be able to, um, hopefully, you know, land some good, roles in those in that in that field specifically for for making movies for filmmaking yeah. and uh I, and then just to kind of give you a little difference here um for me right now you know i'm married i have three kids uh it's a little different of a scenario right than like a student with no other commitments totally and and uh and for those people who may not be able to commit 15 hours a day because making movies and being in productions and and it takes a lot of a lot of time. So sometimes yeah. when I started, I was already married. Yeah. And uh, I remember uh, getting hired to be a production assistant at some uh, Disney movies that were being made here in Utah. And I would go and be there for literally 14 hours a day for like a week yeah. or two, uh, getting paid really low. <laughs> but uh, it was tiring, man. It was yeah. it was stressful at times. Yeah. It's, it was it was hard just because you're doing all these odd jobs and at the same time you're not seeing your newly married wife i was newly married there so it was like uh i can i can just imagine doing something like that with kids it'd be so hard um so there's different routes i think for for those type of uh uh people but uh now that um, i'm married and have three kids i still love to do that kind of stuff i still love yeah. to help um people with their short films. I have a lot of uh, uh, ambitions myself to create my own stuff. Yeah. I just got to treat it a little differently. Uh, now, since I have uh, you know, a family and I have, I have to pay my rent, pay my oh. house. And, and uh, you, you kind of understand that feeling a little bit. So a lot yeah. of my, my extra time is after work hours. That's where my passion projects come in and that's where I can dive into. But you know, a lot of that can a lot of that can get disturbed by a crying kid and back. Oh, okay, I gotta take a break here for oh. a few hours, put him to bed or not. Um, but uh, kind of going along with that, uh, there's also other uh, things I would recommend. So if if uh, there's a lot of video needs right now in companies, right, in yeah. agencies in general. So if you, another route you could take is by getting um, by being able to get hired on to a company like uh, a tech company, like I've done in the past. Uh, and yeah. being able to work with them and grow their team and grow yourself that way. Sure. Um, and uh, at the same time, there's also agencies you can work with. Um, and nowadays, you know, you can even, as, as you get the experience, as you get good, as you get the, 
the content to show that what you've done is something you can build yourself and create your own company, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's definitely many routes and I can go a lot more detail into them if you want me to, but that's yeah. kind of just the overview. No, that's awesome. And, and, uh, and I think you answered a good question for those out there who, who were thinking, you know, you went to school and you probably got into this originally with the idea that you wanted to make movies or be part of those bigger productions. But as a, as a family man, you start to put the pieces together, like, wow, do I really, you know, that's a high cost to pay to be in that industry. And, and I want to, you know, support this family and, and the way those productions go a lot of times is, you know, you're laid off at the end of a production and you hope to get picked up on the next one. It's not real stable. Like, you know, you, you know, you're going to make this kind of money and, uh, and that, and that was a simpler or excuse me, similar, uh, experience for me wanting to get into animation. I remember, you know, reading up about uh, Disney animators who would have to be committed to the hospital for a month after a production finished because they just, you know, were working for months straight, uh, sleeping under their desk and, and uh, you know, just to kind of meet that deadline because so much yeah. is riding on that. Yeah, you know, it's kind of crazy because when you say that, I think about it's like, what a crappy system is set up to be able to go to, you know, lose your health to be able to go through that just so you could work on that. Right. Yeah. I wish, I wish there was a better system and, and I'll be honest right now, if I was like single right now yeah. and not married and I was young and I just had this energy to go, man, I, I packed my bags and I moved to the places where things are being made like yeah. LA, Atlanta, yeah. uh, Toronto, and, uh, and then just dive in yeah. into those kind of things. Right. But you can't, so you can't do that once um once you have and maybe I I could phrase it a bit better way. It's like I'm not saying leave your wife, leave your yeah, kids no, totally not. and go do yeah. that. No, it's like figure out your commitments. But if you're in that position, um maybe a lot of the opportunities come if you just move to those places. And and I did try to convince my wife at one point to move to LA with me. Yeah. When I was when I was already married and and uh yeah, man, that that was like nope, no way. <laughs> Didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, and and that's good advice, you know, the, for those who are younger and don't have those commitments, uh, you know, be honest with yourself, you know, what what do you really want to do in this in this creative field? And uh and that's what I've heard from lots of people in different areas. It's, you know, just go to where where those things are being made, whether you're filmmaker and want to go to LA or, or Toronto or Atlanta, like you mentioned, or you're, um, you know, an entrepreneur that, that wants to rub shoulders with other entrepreneurs. You want to go to the Bay area uh, or, you know, there's other places, Austin, uh, you know, the Silicon slopes where we're at. Um, but yeah, I don't want to, uh, I mean, I also want to give you the idea that it's still possible to do stuff. Yeah. Um, even if you don't go to those places, does that make sense? I mean, there's still a lot of uh, good creatives. It takes it def it's definitely going to be a a, a a harder uphill battle. Exactly. Uh, yeah. uh, just to kind of give you an example, our friend Luke, you know, Luke and I, yeah, uh, he's uh, he's in this uphill battle with me because he's uh, he creates films and he's created feature films, yeah. but. He shot only on weekend. I mean, a production when you go to make a film, 
you do it for, you know, 30 days straight, right? Yeah. But if you have a job and you're putting your own money, you can't do that, right? Right. So what he's done is, and something I admire is that he's uh, done it on the weekends, yeah. uh, done it on the evenings, and got the right people uh, with the right energy to be able to commit them to do it at the times you can really only do it. And after a few weeks, you have everything. And then after a few months, because you're editing yourself, you have your feature film. Yeah. And he's been able to be a little bit successful with that, which is really cool. And that's something I think uh, that's another approach. It's harder, but yeah. it's still doable. That's what it comes down to. If if you want to have increase your chances and, and maybe get there quicker, you you move to that place and, you, and you're not tied down with other responsibilities. But... But you're right. There's there, are for sure, other ways to do it. And you and I are both trying to do that slowly but surely. Build our own uh, our own things on the side. Uh, one of these days, we'll uh, we'll have some Netflix series that we'll <laughs> produce. I think, I think we've been talking about man to doing like an animation uh, short yeah. thing. I got some ideas. I know it's just we gotta yeah. get down and just do it. So <laughs> no. no, we'll we'll make it happen for sure. Well, this uh, this has been an awesome conversation, Dan. Thanks again so much for being on the program. Um, I'm confident that uh, there will be people that, that want to learn more and maybe reach out to you at some point after listening to this. Uh, do you have a you know a social network that you're most active on, or or some way to contact you if someone wanted to pick your brain more? Yeah, for sure. So um, I have my Instagram account. It's just Airbus Films, um, just look me up, or uh, you can even just go to airbusfilms.com and get my contact information there. And uh, yeah, man, I love to connect and network with anybody. I think in the past, you and I had conversations to being able to bring people together one way to the other. Uh, yeah. There's through uh, like a little Zoom call or or just kind of like uh, talk and uh, figure out what we're all doing and just have a conversation. Just show, hey, this is what I'm doing. Maybe you can help me, or what do you think? I'm just throwing off ideas. That's something maybe we can pursue too. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, hit me up in any of those website or Instagram. Okay, sounds good. Thanks again, Dan, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Well, what did I tell you? Another good one in the books, and this time. We, we do. We, we have commenting ready for you. I know you're just itching to get your comments out there and share what it is you love about this episode and the creative process in general, whether it be video or animation or design, you name it, music. We've got it for you. Head on over to createordie.net. Yeah, that's our our store but it also has the podcast with commenting below so yeah you're gonna have to check that out createordie.net you may be saying what about this dot com that I was hearing about weren't you supposed to uh, secure createordie.com you're right I was and I had purchased it it was mine I could feel it. The dot-com gooiness dripping through my fingers. It, it was beautiful. But alas, it wasn't meant to be. I dropped some serious coin on it. 
and waited the two weeks that GoDaddy said it would take for them to transfer it from the uh, original owner. And guess what? That dude didn't own it anymore, or whatever. It was some kind of fraudulent deal. So they basically told me, we don't know who owns it. Good luck. And refunded the money, and here we are. A .NET type of program. But that's okay. Like we talked about in previous episodes, there are some some good, some really good companies out there that rock the .NET. Case in point, Maxon.NET. Makers of Cinema 4D, now ZBrush as well. They own Red Giant and, and, and others. So, yeah, I've got no problem being associated with, with that kind of kind of outfit (laughs) but anyways thank you once again for joining and until next time create or die